No one should have hot dog lasagna. It's not good. Don't at me. Uh, hello, and welcome to Good Bad Show. My name's Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast where Matt and I call each other up every week and talk about the stuff we put in our mouths. We talk about burgers. We talk about bread. Marbles. Well, okay, sure. Put some marbles yeah. in your mouth. I don't... What's the worst that could happen? This podcast will sound much worse. <laughs> I think the worst that could happen is you choke on a marble, I think, probably. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, do you ever see... I remember when I was a kid, there was a... I don't know, like a Maury or a, a Sally Jesse, whatever those what those morning talk shows were or midday talk shows. Yep. There was one where they issued a warning about a thing called Chubby Bunny, where kids were putting marshmallows in their mouth and competing about how many marshmallows they could put in. And then some kids were choking to death because the uh, marshmallows were melting and, and pouring down their throats and they couldn't get them out and they were dying. So they had to issue a warning not to put an endless amount of marshmallows in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, the times I've played Chubby Bunny, it feels dangerous. Like, if you, if you are really going for it, it does not feel particularly safe. This was not a thing I was familiar with as a kid, so it just seemed like... Uh, Wait, you never played Chubby ver- Bunny as a kid? No, I never played, played Chubby Bunny. played as an adult? No. So well, it just sounded to me like the... Uh... Matt, I'm going <laughs> to Amazon Prime now you some marshmallows, and this uh-huh. is going to be our episode. We're going to wait for the delivery person, and then you're going to do Chubby Bunny on the air. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, no, to me as a kid, it sounded like to me as an adult hearing about kids eating Tide Pods. And I thought, well, one, that's dumb. And two, is that even really happening? Uh, I would assume some people have definitely chilled for playing Chubby Bunny. The times I've played, like it can definitely like basically you have to not go 110 percent. You have to be like, all right, I'm going to put marshmallows in here until it gets uncomfortable, but not dangerous. And if you were really just going for it, I can definitely see people hurting themselves. OK, how many Tide Pods can you fit in your mouth? Mm, now that is a youtube video waiting to be made chubby uh, bunny with tide pods i know we're not talking about subreddits right now but there's a great subreddit called it's either called forbidden fruits or forbidden snacks forbidden snacks yeah there it is that's what you want i think we should we should do we should just talk about forbidden snacks really okay so chubby bunny with tide pods did not autocomplete uh but somebody has already taken this joke on twitter so okay well yeah uh, at bijou mike January 5th, 2018, gonna do the Chubby Bunny with Tide Pods, lol, dab, whatevs. Oh, I'm glad it was phrased that way. Yeah, 36 retweets, 687 likes. Good job, Bijou Mike. I think he should do a shot of vodka in his eye and his butt at the same time. Wow. That would really complete the cycle. Wow, man, this is a safer work podcast. Talk about, it- put, talk about putting stuff in your eyes. That freaks people out. I was gonna say, I think, I think, uh, I thought you were gonna make a joke about putting a vodka shot in your butt, but... That sounds way better than putting a vodka shot in your eye. Oh, if I had to choose, 100% (laughs) give me the butt shot. I do not want vodka in my eye. No, sir. Thank you very much. So anyway, that was the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So so undeniably uh, preferable putting a vodka shot in your butt is what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. putting a vodka shot. If you're going to have to do it, (laughs) it's not going to be in the mouth. You're going to want to go with the butt or maybe the ear. I don't know. If you have it, Could you get drunk by putting a vodka shot in your ear? Is this a new teen trend we should notify people about i'm sure you can i think you can put vodka in any body hole you want and you'll get drunk eventually well your, your ears kind of line with like wax though and wax is hydrophobic maybe it would keep the vodka from getting absorbed into your blood uh, it's direct it, it eventually it seeps right into your brain there's no better drunk oh, than getting get right drunk. into your brain <laughs> the best way to get drunk is to directly inject the alcohol into your brain via syringe yeah so uh if you're listening at home and uh you know want to die right away try that wow four minutes in we've already given so much bad advice this is a good what? podcast and also who not hey maybe maybe uh pouring vodka in your ear is like a better version of a q-tip 
Yeah, I mean, Matt, who's to, who's to say until we do a test? Well, I volunteer to be the control. You can be the the you know the non-control. Is there a name for that? Uh, the, all right, the live well, subject. I'll do here. I'll do the ear one. You just do the eyeball one. Okay, then, cool. Ready? One, two, three, go. Ah, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> I I did that trick where I let you go first and then oh, I don't do it. Oh, I got goofed. You got goofed real good. I got goofed so good. This is not that's, fair. Uh, that's that's how I do all challenges is I let the other person go first and they go, I give up. You win the bet. What do we bet? Nothing? Okay. Good bet. Good bet. Mm-hmm. Matt, tonight I want to talk about veganism. Oh, are you a vegan now? Yes, I'm a vegan now. Hmm, okay, well. No, I'm not a vegan now. That's fun. You and I have been together, we've eaten together many times, we've broken bread a lot, and... Uh, oh, for we, sure. We, Last we time eat, we, we eat together, meat. we ate the opposite of vegan food. I think you you uh, you cooked that chicken for about as long as you possibly could, just to make sure it was wicked dead. You're like, you <laughs> are not gonna live through this chicken. Wait, so, are you saying that somehow a more dead chicken is further from a vegetable than a live chicken? Yeah, for sure. The more you kill the chicken, the less vegan you are. I, I think the opposite of that. I think if you eat a live chicken, you are very not vegan. And if you eat like a chicken that's been cooked within an inch of its life, eh, it's basically a vegetable at that point. Hmm. You know what? We're going to have to consult a vegan on this. I don't know These the These are answer. the important issues. Yeah, so neither of us are vegans nor vegetarians. Matt, did you ever dabble with vegetarianism or veganism when you were growing up? Yes, actually. I did. Uh, I was vegetarian for about one year. When I was like 16 or 17. See, I did not know this. This uh, is why we, yeah. we have so much to learn about each other hey! still after all these so, years. Yeah, yeah. So I did it out of, I don't know. I don't know what my, my motive was. Some form of protest, like one, uh, you know what, actually, you know what I remember really, really getting to me? There was a club in my high school. Well, two, there were two clubs in my high school. One was the Meat Club, M-E-A-T, but also they played on the... M-E-E-T pun, like you go and meet people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was also the same kids who started the white people club uh, because they were so upset that the black people had a club. So they had to start a white people club, which at a private school That's in Western racist. Massachusetts is, uh, I, I don't think I have to tell you, there were, it was mostly already a white people club. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, yes, it's that's, very yeah. racist. So anyway, these were the racist kids who felt like they needed to start a white people club and a meat club because of the presence of... of uh, uh, black people or people of color and vegetarians in the school. So, you know, however that sounds to you, it made me very upset. And I decided I was going to be a vegetarian just to spite them uh, a little bit. I, th- I, uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of didn't, I didn't like that. Uh, I was upset about it. I just didn't, I just didn't like the culture of my school in general. And being vegetarian was like very much against that. Uh, and so I didn't actually want to eat vegetables at all. Uh, but yeah, I did. Now like, I don't sense you as much of a vegetable lover. No, 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 no. I think uh, Susanna like tries to trick me into eating vegetables more often than uh, than I would eat them on my own. I don't, I don't dislike vegetables. I will eat them in the context of something, but I'm not, I'm not seeking out like. A You're not going to a restaurant own. and being like, "Ooh, this veggie quiche sounds no. like what I want." No, probably not. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I did that for about a year, but I also didn't do it super well in that like I ate a lot of Annie's Mac. I probably had some gummy bears, uh, maybe some Cheez-Its. Uh, you probably think of a lot of food that is vegetarian, but also not necessarily vegetables or good for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could definitely... Actually, I would say, by and large, most of the vegetarians I know eat way more, like, quote-unquote, junk food than 
people I know that are not vegetarians, mostly because, you know, snacks are much easier. It's much easier to like, when you have limitations of what kind of food you can have on hand, uh, it's much easier to use processed things than it is to like have to cook a vegetable dish or, uh, you know, some kind of like thing every time you want to eat. Yeah. But you, the, can't uh, just, like, you can't just like, you know, throw a hot dog in a pan and be done with it. Yeah. But I, I should just say the most, the thing, uh, the thing that was most interesting about being a vegetarian for a year was not the experience of eating food at all. It was how much people thought it was an assault on them. <laughs> and that's kind of why I gave it up. It was not because the food was a challenge, but because like, oh my God, having to tell people that and then being like, what do you hate? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, I don't hate anything. I just yeah. didn't want to eat a hamburger. And they were like, you hate God or something. And you're like, well, that's not what I meant for you to interpret, but uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I thought this was going to be a short one because I was just going to say that being a vegan or vegetarian is just like objectively good. It is way better than eating meat. There is no there's no questioning this. Like it's just better for the environment. It's better for you in general. I mean, obviously you can be yeah, healthy as or unhealthy you can, in either yeah, way. Yeah, as long as you can get your protein and do it in a healthy way, I uh it's pre- it's pretty it's pretty undeniably good. It's undeniably it's more, good. It's yeah. the best. But now that we're talking about it, like I, I'm not backing down from that point. I still say it's undeniably good. But there's a lot to unpack here, right? Uh, like one of the things I want to talk about is what you just mentioned that it it really does. It's one of these things that people take so personally. You know, I could like I go to Susanna in a restaurant. My friend's ordering a vegetarian meal, or I'm hosting my friends for a meal. I have to cook special food for my special mm-hmm. friend who's a vegetarian or a vegan. Like people get all sassy about it, and I I really like. My read on it is that people just, because it is, like, frankly, a objectively morally superior choice, I think people oftentimes, like, assume, naturally, this person surely must be judging them for not making the same choice. Like, that has to be a big part of it, right? Yeah, I think it's very, I don't think it's all that, but it is very similar to someone being at a party and being like, oh, I don't drink. And you're like, can I drink? You know, like that, uh, the... The, like, very aggressive take on someone who's not a drinker, um, I think it's very similar, because you're just thinking, yeah, I think a lot of people's natural inclination is, like, well, they're not, not drinking because uh, they don't enjoy it. They're, they're judging me. They're just standing here judging me while I enjoy a thing. What's going on? And it's funny, because there's actually, I think part of the reason this stands out is there's not very many opportunities for, like, the deep moral decisions we make as people to be so apparent in like everyday life right like i was trying to think of something to compare it to to like imagine how i'd feel in a situation where like you know we were at a restaurant and somebody announced that they always tipped 40 percent or something like obviously you would never do that like the act of announcing that is like this like weird egotistical narcissistic act but when you're you know telling someone to come over for dinner you have to practically tell them that you please don't cook me chicken or whatever because i'm not going to eat it uh and so it's one of these rare situations where like your principles practically need to be on the surface and therefore it's one of the only opportunities people have to like assume they're being moralized by their friends because they like to eat a hot dog yeah i think that's um i do think that's a thing like i think it's uh i don't know i i I wonder what the other part of it is like the um being so mad that someone won't eat a hamburger, even if they're just not eating, like if it just comes up casually, is that the same thing or is there something else to that? Uh, I don't I know. Think, Maybe it's just like, I think it's you're, you're a weirdo thing. and I don't like people who are different than me. Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's the otherness, but I think it's also deep down, like, you know, 
there's people I think have a lot of identity wrapped up in food. Uh, like for example, like you know the the cookout is a big American thing, right? And so mm-hmm. if you don't go to a baseball game and get a big sausage or whatever, uh, then like you're not American. You're doing it wrong. And I also think there's a lot of like gendered stuff there too like i think men are like you know oh, i like to eat meat bah, 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 bah. and if you get a veggie burger it's like well, what happened to this guy oh that's real, true actually remember Nancy how boy remember how i explained to you that i'm number one guy and then if i'm ever in a group i would be number one guy yeah that does entitle me to the biggest piece of chicken yeah yeah, yeah so actually i'll just tell the podcast if anyone out there is listening uh, and they ever hang out with me. Yeah. When I'm around, I, I am number one guy. You got to know that of the guys in the group, Matt is the number one. Yeah. So if you just... Y'all can jockey for number two, number three, et cetera, but Matt's the number one guy. You don't even have to know what that means. Just if it comes up, you just have to tell people that I'm number one guy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's I'm basically... Very, all, I'm very insecure otherwise. That's basically all it means. <laughs> like if someone asks like, who's the number one guy of this group, uh, then... They have to point at me and yeah. be like, that's number one guy. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. But yeah, I think uh, I think there's that aspect too, right? Like I think it's toxic toxic masculinity comes into play with vegans and vegetarians. I think people assuming they're being judged comes into play uh, a lot. And then I also think that uh, I think in the instance of like if you're hosting somebody for a meal and like or providing food for somebody, I think people oftentimes incorrectly. I don't agree with this point, but I think they feel that like someone else's politics shouldn't get in the way of, like, what they want to do with their party, which is absurd because, you know, if you took it to, like, some other thing that people politically disagreed with, it would immediately become obvious that, like, no, you shouldn't, like, you know, like, have some, you know, I can't even think of a good example. Like, what's a what's another good example of that? But it's, like, people feel like, you know, they should have the freedom to have a party however they want, and of course they do. And honestly, like, yeah. the, I've, I've met a lot of people with uh, self-imposed uh, dietary restrictions of some kind and honestly, almost nobody I've ever met is the kind of person that would ever, under any circumstances, like get mad at you if you accidentally didn't have vegetarian food or whatever. Yeah. Or oh, I think I think most people or... who make that choice are like pretty aware of the world that they're in, uh, and probably have had to deal with that many, many, many times where the world cannot accommodate. So, like, you're not—I uh, don't know—they've adapted. You're not the only time this has ever come up. But there's this, um, there's this like assumed imposition where someone's like, I don't even want to eat vegetarian food, but because Debbie's coming over, I have to make this big veggie lasagna to match my meat lasagna, and this is a mm-hmm. huge imposition on me and my freedoms. Which honestly, I don't have any. I don't actually know this to be a fact. I would not be surprised if in other cultures, like other countries, uh, this kind of thing we're describing is not as typical. Uh, yeah. it, it seems so, as we're talking about it, it seems so quintessentially American to be like, you can't tell me what kind of food to cook for you. And it's like, well, no, actually, I mean, that's, yeah, you kind of can. Like, you can just say, I'm not going to eat this kind of food, and then you can make whatever food you want. I'm just not going to eat it if you're not, if yeah. you're cooking the thing I, I don't want to eat. I actually just thought of, I thought of an example where I do have this feeling. It's still food related, but then I'm, it's, it's one where I'm on the other side of the situation. It's when you go to a hotel room and they have a little coffee machine, and they have half caffeinated coffee and half decaf coffee, and I drink my two cups of coffee, and then I go, you can't tell me that half of the people are drinking a decaf coffee. This is terrible. Why are they doing this to me? And I feel very much the victim, because I don't get my third cup of coffee, Andy. This story is shocking to me in a lot of ways. You drink the coffee in, in the hotel rooms? Isn't that, like, cost, like, $12 or whatever? No, plenty of hotel rooms just have, like, the 
like either like the one or two pods or they have like the little pack that you just rip open and it looks like a little like a little maxi pad or something but has coffee in it but that's not uh, a mini bar situation you're not paying for that when you check out no plenty of places just have a coffee machine there huh yeah but they don't provide enough coffee they give you like the one pack and then you don't know where to go and you're left with the other decaf and you think they probably replaced the one caffeinated coffee a thousand times and that decaf one has been there for seven years that's that's my guess it's not a 50 50 split of people who like calf and decaf 90 percent of the world wants their caffeinated coffee put like three of those and then put the one decaf and make it equivalent to the population it would make sense they should make right? it all decaf coffee and then just it was put, like if it's like if you went to a wedding and they just in advance prepared half chicken and half vegetarian meals and then the people at the wedding were actually 90 percent wanted the chicken and 10 percent wanted the vegetarian it wouldn't really make a lot of sense now would it you should just check in advance check the stats in the world see who likes the caffeinated and see who likes the decaffeinated probably more caffeinated what's the point of drinking coffee otherwise just drink water you just want to have that decaf yeah because it doesn't taste good that's not why you're drinking coffee no one's no one's drinking co- no one's drinking decaf coffee in a hotel room because they love the taste that's they have a problem and they need more caffeination and they're just taking the tiny percentage of decaf of caffeine that is in the decaf pod because they need their fix that's what's going on andy matt i will even come to your defense a little bit in this ridiculous rant you just went on because <laughs> there's a key difference between that and vegan or vegetarianism which is that in the wedding example I just give everybody vegetarian food because guess what People that are not vegetarians can perfectly fine eat vegetarian That's food true. and get just as you much out of nice, it. You can have a nice in vegetarian the meal. You, you're making a strong case that like it's just a whole different product. Like to, yeah. it's, not, it's not it's not variations on a theme. Like it's just you know like what what if you just pretend the decaf wasn't there? What if it was orange juice or something instead? Would it make you less mad then? Oh, for sure. Because then I could just enjoy the nice orange juice. Because. <laughs> 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 Then I would drink the orange juice. You just you're just bad that you don't want to consume all the free things in your room. Basically, like you you should you should desire the consumption of all the things no. that happen to be in the room. It's the trickery. It's the trickery where you think it'd be like if you handed somebody uh, air for you put put in their fridge like one regular beer and one O'Doul's, and you go like, oh, I have two beers. That's nice. And then you went to drink the first beer, and you're like, okay, that was nice. And then maybe the next day you come back, and you're like, oh. There's my other beer. Just said, hey, wait a minute. There was a trick the whole time. It's not even a beer. I thought I had a nice beer. It's like if you have a cake in your fridge and then you go and check on it and it's gone. You're like, I already had the taste of cake in my mouth. What's happening? Who tricked me into doing this? It's that feeling, Andy. I see. I understand. Yeah. I'm here for you. Have you ever thought I there was cake you. in your fridge? You go to check for it and it's gone? That is a very disheartening situation when you know there's some kind of leftover and yeah. maybe maybe you're thinking about eating it all day when you're at work and you can't wait to get home to eat that leftover and then maybe someone else eats that leftover yeah that's and how you know about the coffee you can't be you mad think, you think you have a you think you have a nice coffee sitting there and you go look at it and it's a little decaf pot and you're like these jerks tricked me you just, and, and then and you with just the turn cake, to an instant barbarian and throw it against the wall and start that, screaming i should that would be a really good example of instant barbarian except it's a little bit more angry than fun uh but you know, it's it's just it's not like you can't go get another piece of cake. It's that you had that thought about that specific piece of cake and probably that specific flavor and the convenience of it just being there. And you're not going to go for it when you can conveniently get a piece of cake. You're going to go for it at like 1030 at night. None of the stores are going to be open. You're not willing to go outside. You probably don't even have pants on and your cake is gone. Wow. Wow. I also never have pants on in a hotel room. So... Uh, we agree 
that being vegan, being vegan, being a vegan, and then yeah. we agree that being a vegetarian or vegan is just better. And I will say that, like, the reasons I think it is better uh, are I really actually truly like the animal cruelty thing does not do it for me as an argument, um, partially because you're just like picking one of the infinite cruelties of life to pick out as the cruelty that bothers you the most, maybe because it happens to be a cute fuzzy thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, I think more importantly, it is definitely possible to obtain all of your meat and animal products from like cruelty-free sources. And that's something that we do do in our household. Like if we buy meat, it comes from a local butcher, which gets it from a local farm, which is like raising their animals, you know, in open fields and stuff and not in like these weird factory farming situations. Uh, I can't remember the last time I ate like a fast food burger or something that was made of 600 cows ground up. Like it's just not, it's not the kind of thing I seek out. So uh, that argument doesn't really do it for me uh, because I think, you know, if you have the money to afford it, you can avoid that and just buy meat that is sourced more, more, uh, more, more, ethically i guess but, but you um, don't you don't buy the any like you could just avoid killing animals i mean that does that does carry some weight for me is that nothing you're just saying it's not are much kill other for things, me or? mostly because these animals wouldn't exist if not for the fact that we are raising them to be to be food like it's not like joe the cow you know was out living his normal life and was born in the wild and like had a normal life and then became a food someday like We've, we've productized these animals and like turned them into a thing that we grow. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, you could certainly begin to make arguments about, you know, like uh, meat that specifically comes from animals that are killed like in their youth uh, or things like foie gras. We could get into a whole thing about uh, there's certainly some things that still are. I'm not giving a blanket justification for all that. I'm just saying that that argument doesn't really would not convince me. Right. Like if, if that was the only grounds for veganism or vegetarianism being objectively better than eating meat. Uh, I think it's kind of a shaky argument because it's basically because it's so it's so emotionally based. Uh, And I'm always I think it's important to be wary of emotional arguments for things because they prey on your emotions. And that's not always the best the best thing to use in making decisions. Uh, So the thing that gets me most uh, or I should say, like the thing gets me most is the environmental impact. Right. Uh, Like just the fact that you're eating something you're eating meat, you're eating something that is so much further up the food chain uh you know like the cow had to eat six whole pastures of grass in order to make enough meat to be a cow and in the process it released a bunch of methane into the environment and it ate a bunch of feed and it drank a bunch of water and it took up space on the planet uh and then we just you know turned it into hamburgers and so mm-hmm. you know the calories you got from your hamburger could have been 20 times the calories in vegetables that the cow otherwise ate uh and as a result that whole process, not to mention the transportation of the meat and the storage of the meat, because it has to be stored fresh, which is not, I mean, vegetables are just fine at room temperature, obviously. Meat is not. Like, all of that stuff means that, like, the environmental impact of eating meat is really significant. Uh, and I honestly would not be surprised if you fast forward 100 years, maybe less, 50 years, mm-hmm. uh, if, you know, eating meat has the same, like, social connotation then that, like, smoking cigarettes does now. Like, oh, I could see that. Like, uh, I could that would totally be, uh, see that. Uh, well, you know what it'll be? It'll be uh, eating meat from animals has the same con- uh, connotations as smoking a cigarette. But when you eat that lab-grown meat culture, mm, that's good for you. Yeah, sure. That's just a new food we invented. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like that, that, that's whatever. That's the whole thing. You uh, can grow your own hamburger uh, on the back of a rat. Yeah. But mm. yes, I mean, and 
you know, uh, we've talked about smoking on the show before, so like that, our stance on that is known. And I honestly, I feel like this is like a very similar thing. It's just that society has not moved along fast enough to like have it be as socially unacceptable as it might be in 100 years, 50 years, maybe even 20 years. Things are changing quickly. Who knows? Um, yeah. Your, your kids are going to be like, did your parents eat meat? And they're like, yeah. In the house? Yeah. Oh, gross. Well, so that's actually, it's one of the, like, I, we're not having kids anytime soon. It's not like an immediate plan, but I do want to have kids someday. And it's one of the things I've thought about a lot because I have too much time to think and my brain moves too quickly and I just can't tell it to shut up is I think I might genuinely try to like have a vegetarian household when we have kids just because mm. like I grew up eating the meat. Oh boy, did I eat the meat growing up. I ate so much meat. And as a result, like I, I crave it. Like it's, it's, it's a part of my diet that I would miss if it were gone. Uh, yeah. And like that to me is like a weakness, right? The same way that if, I mean, I guess it's not the same as cigarettes because those literally are physically addictive and I don't think meat is, but yeah. you know, the same way where if you grew up every single day, uh, pfft, gosh, uh, I don't know, with a, with a big green lawn that you watered and like used up a bunch of water just to make your lawn green and got used to that. That's a bad example. The same way that anything can become enculturated in you and then it becomes a much harder to break habit than it's something that you didn't necessarily have as a, as a guaranteed assumption growing up. Um, well, you feel bad about depriving your future children from hot dog lasagna. You had to bring that up. Uh, no, that was a monstrosity and they should be deprived of it. No one should have hot dog lasagna. It's not good. Don't at me. Um, so yeah, I've actually thought that, uh, if there was ever a time in my life where I would like really commit to making that shift, uh, it would be if, and when we ever have kids, uh, and I should say that, like, I do, I try and make meat like a, like a sometimes treat. I don't eat meat every single day. Uh, and, you know, part of getting it from sustainable sources is that it does cost more money. It's pretty expensive to eat meat. Uh, so I do try and just, like, eat it less than I did in years prior. Um, but the other thing I want to talk about in this episode, Matt, is why, if we agree, it's objectively better. And honestly, it's not that difficult to do, especially in you know, contemporary society. Why are we not vegetarians and vegans? What, what, what's your reason? Why do you keep polluting the, the environment with your cow eating? Because mm, I like it. It tastes good. I don't think it's deeper than that. I, I don't, maybe, it's, maybe it's our being addicted to smoking or whatever, being addicted to caffeine. Um, I like it and it tastes good. And I don't have a better reason. I know it would be better not to. Um, but I don't know. I guess the same as flying on a plane. Like, how convenient. It's faster to get there. I'm going to do that because I can, and I can afford to do so. Uh, I don't think I have a better reason. Do you have a better reason than I do? No, I don't. But I think, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about these kinds of, like, vaguely philosophical, moral and ethical dilemmas on the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to talk about something that I think is objectively good, but I don't do. I, I, like, I, it's a thing actually, I don't actually ascribe to because... You know what? what? I mean, honestly, the, that is the first part of it. There is a second layer of just, like... It's way easier to just go through life and not have to say I don't eat meat. Like, remember I was saying earlier about just, like, the saying I'm a vegetarian is just seemingly a constant attack on other people and you have to deal with that? Sure. Uh, it is so much easier to just go to someone's house, to go to a restaurant, to go into any sort of environment where you eat food with other people, which is a lot, uh, and not have to bring that up. Yeah, it's but just if that a, was your argument, you could just... You know, you could eat meat extremely rarely in situations where, you know, you didn't want to inconvenience somebody or the restaurant didn't have a vegetarian option. Like, you could just never buy meat in the grocery store for yourself, and only in those circumstances where it would be a social a social friction, 
than just you know eat the hot dog or whatever and not care about that's it. True. It's true. Neither of us do that either. But we, we do. We still also buy our own meat. That's true. But we also do have this like weird line in the sand where you have to either do it or not do it. Like while you could do it a little bit, uh, you wouldn't get to use the term vegetarian if you did that. Yeah, right? maybe you, you don't you, get to have, you don't get to have the badge, so you're you'd be bad at it. But like it would if the, if the whole world did that, it would it would be objectively better. Uh, just you know, we don't have a term for. I don't eat as much meat. I think that's part of it, honestly. I think that, like, having the term is a thing to rally around and, like, you know, have a shared community and a shared language. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, like, that thing I described would be a very easy way to, you know, have an impact and not really, like... Like, you could explicitly say, if this is ever going to inconvenience my life to more than N percent, and I'll just eat the meat and not, not worry about it. But, but, you know, I don't do it either. I still go to the grocery store and buy meat most weeks, so... So yeah, uh, I want to talk about something that, you know, I think is objectively good and I think is a a moral good uh, that is not something that I do. And the thing that's important for me to, like, touch on here is that, you know, to me saying, like, why not be a vegetarian if you know it's better for the environment and you know it's better for the animals uh, when it be only a minor inconvenience in your life is also like saying, I mean, why not donate... 80% 80% of the money you take home to charity, right? Like, like you could do that. You could try and be the perfect person. But I think that, you know, life is overall pretty hard. And yeah. if you put the pressure on yourself to be perfect all the time and do everything perfectly, uh, then you're bound just to fail and live in this sort of world where you, uh, hmm. I don't know. I, I think I think it's just important. You need, the that, little, like, you need the little vices and pleasures in order to, to keep going, you're saying? I think that's part of it, but also I think you need to be, like, kind to yourself and let yourself not be perfect. Uh, and, you know, that's a hard thing to say because it became, it can be some co- it's, can become such a convenient excuse to be, like, a really shitty person that doesn't think about your impact in the world and makes lots of amoral decisions that affect other people or the world at large. But uh, I, don't, I don't know how to describe that balance, but, but yeah, for me, it's like I eat meat every once in a while when I do. It's bought from you know, a farm where it costs $26 a pound for some beef, but yeah. I know that it, you know, was local and it wasn't transported far and it was raised, you know, in a situation where the animal wasn't like lived in a pen its entire life, uh, which again, is not even the thing I mostly oppose about eating meat. It's mostly the environmental impact of how many vegetables that cow ate to get to me. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, that's uh, I don't know. That's I think it's an important thing to like say and acknowledge while we like have our judgmental show that tells people what's good and bad. Uh, there's a lot of good things I also don't do. So that's that. You can at him. Tell him all the things that he should do. Yeah. And then berate him for doing them bad. Get that's at what me. I think you should do. Yeah. Not me, Andy. Do it to Andy. At Andy Mangold on Twitter. Tell him how he's bad at stuff. This is a perfect example of the kind of dumb stuff that I will do in my head in quiet moments, which is that when I was in college. I was I, I've never dabbled with vegetarian or veganism. I've always just eaten everything, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, right now, I would say like eating everything is kind of a point of pride for me. Uh, like I just I'll eat basically anything. Go ahead, put it in front of me. I'll try it. Um, but I had a lot of friends in college that, like I said, had self-imposed dietary restrictions of different varieties, whether it was you know vegetarian or veganism or freeganism or whatever. And I always <laughs> imagined how the conversation would go if somebody ever like confronted me and was like why are you eating meat? You're like being a bad person. And I was going to tell them like, well, you know, I don't own a car or my bike every single way, every single place I go. And that's a, that's a, that's a huge net good in the world that, you know, I don't have to mm-hmm. have a car spewing out exhaust. And I would play out these like fantasies of like how that argument would go. And never once did anybody ever <laughs> confront me and try and tell me I was living my life wrong. And so we just get to remain fantasies in my head. But well, uh, 
I'll see if I can uh, I can arrange this to happen in real life. I'll hire uh, I'll hire an actor. I'll uh, a crisis actor. I'll, I'll tax I'll task rabbit an actor to your house and uh, get him to confront you about your your meat eating, so you can finally have this. Uh, you can play out this fantasy of defending yeah. yourself. There you go. Yeah. Every, every white man's fantasy. Yeah. Just uh, get an Andy on Twitter. Let him play out this fantasy of defending his meat eating behavior. Um, and he'll he'll finally get to uh, get to put the voices in his head to use. I do like the intellectual exercise of being forced to defend a position that maybe you only half-heartedly adhere to. Do you mean this podcast? Do you like this? That's what's up, baby! Yeah, I know you like it. Signing off. All the time. This has been Andy and Matt for Good Bad Show, where we pointlessly defend the opinions we hold half-heartedly because I think it's a very interesting intellectual exercise. Good Bad Show, goodbye. <laughs> good Bad, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>